0: Support for Kansas City Today comes from Cleveland University, Kansas City. From its roots as a chiropractic college to new degree programs in health sciences, C.U.K.C. is educating healthcare professionals focused on next-level health. Learn more at cleveland.edu impact. Support also comes from Grandma's Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's office catering avoided the mass exodus with the respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandmascatering.com.
1: This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. Today is Tuesday, February 15th. Coming up, a conversation with Kansas Governor Laura Kelly about a new economic development deal, the food sales tax, and more. But first, some headlines. A lawsuit challenging the new congressional redistricting map in Kansas says it dilutes the voices of minority voters and asks that it be struck down. KCUR's Dan Margulies has more.
0: The lawsuit filed by the ACLU on behalf of 11 Kansas residents says the map is an illegal racial gerrymander that violates the federal and Kansas constitutions. Micah Kubik is executive director of the ACLU of Kansas. It is a racial and partisan gerrymander that attacks democracy in order to advance the narrow interests of a few politicians in Topeka. The GOP-dominated legislature last week voted to override Democratic Governor Laura Kelly's veto of the map, which draws districts for the state's four seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. Democrats say the plan dilutes the votes of people of color in an effort to defeat the state's lone Democratic member of Congress, Sharice Davids.
1: A California man who tried to force his way into the cockpit of an American Airlines flight faces federal charges in Kansas City. KCUR's Peggy Lowe reports.
2: 50-year-old Juan Ramberto Rivas was arrested Sunday afternoon when the flight traveling nonstop from Los Angeles to Washington, D.C. was diverted to Kansas City's airport. An FBI affidavit released Monday says Rivas, who is 6'3 and 240 pounds, was using a plastic knife like a shank and attempted to break a champagne bottle while trying to get into the cockpit. That's when a flight attendant hit Rivas on the head with a coffee pot and a police officer and other passengers subdued him. Rivas faces one felony count of interference with a flight attendant. If convicted, he could serve 20 years in prison.
1: More Kansas City students are leading protests after a staff member at Park Hill High School allegedly used a racial slur last week. KCUR's Jody Fortino reports. The Kansas City Defender reported that students at Congress Middle School occupied their gym on Monday in solidarity with a Park Hill High School student they say was suspended for telling his white teacher not to say the N-word. Last week, students at the high school held protests two days in a row, calling on the school district to fire the teacher. District officials say the staff member is on leave while it investigates, but it can't legally share an employee's personnel matter or students' discipline. An online petition also calling on the school district to fire the teacher has garnered nearly 1,700 signatures. There's been a lot going on in Kansas this year. As you heard earlier this episode, the state just entered a legal battle over its new congressional map. Plus, Kansas has been vying to be the home of a multi-billion dollar facility from a mystery company. Meanwhile, Democratic Governor Laura Kelly has been pushing to eliminate the state's food sales tax, one of the highest in the nation. Kelly caught up with KCUR's Steve Kraske on up to date last Friday. Here's an excerpt of their conversation.
0: The legislature has sent you this sweeping set of tax incentives, all aimed at luring this unnamed mystery company to Kansas Mm -hmm. and what's said to be a four billion dollar investment in the state. You signed this bill yesterday. Is it going to be enough to land this company and bring it to the state?
2: I sure hope so. Uh, You know, we put forth our very best effort. I think Commerce got our best and final offer in uh, yesterday by close of business, uh, and we're waiting with bated breath to find out the results. Um, Just from the interaction we've had with this company over the past few months, I am pretty confident uh, that that we will land it. Uh, it started out with about 83, 84 different sites being considered, uh, and we are now uh, one of the top two. Uh, and I think the effort that we've put in and what we've shown them Kansas can do and, and provide, I've got my fingers crossed, but I'm confident that we're going to win this one.
0: What is it about our proposal that is giving you the confidence that it is?
2: Well, you know, we, we set an initial bid to this company uh, using our existing uh, economic development tools and it was dead on arrival they just said this this doesn't work our existing tools are really designed for much smaller projects you know this is this is a 4 billion dollar initial capital investment 4000 jobs coming in but it'll also expand uh, where supply chain companies will want to locate mm-hmm. you know near uh, this particular company so uh, this ha- this will have a tremendous economic impact uh, on the entire state. State. The apex bill that we just got passed this week, uh, and I want to thank the legislature for, for doing that, really tailors our incentive packages more to these kinds of mega projects. Mm. So we we put the offer together. Uh, David Tollen the Lieutenant Governor, Secretary of Commerce, uh, submitted it yesterday. You know, from, just from the conversation we've had, we know what. We know what this company needs and wants, and we think we've addressed those issues in the bid that we presented. We're thinking it'll be sometime mid-March uh, when they will announce their decision.
0: Is there anything you can say, Governor, about what this company does, what it makes? Is there is there any light you can shed on who we're dealing with here?
2: This whole idea of you know, not disclosing the company, you know, that's very traditional in these kinds of business transactions. What I can tell you is that this will add to our portfolio of advanced manufacturing within the state.
0: Well, let's turn to a different topic, and that's this congressional redistricting map that has taken up so much attention in the state house. The legislature just overrode your veto of this map, which will move Lawrence into the first district, which stretches all the way to the Colorado border. It'll make part of Kansas City, Kansas. It'll move that into the second district, uh, more in the middle part of the state, What did you make of what the legislature did here?
2: Well, obviously, I didn't like it. That's why I vetoed it. Right. Uh, And I'm disappointed but not surprised that they overrode the veto. Yeah, I've sort of felt since the beginning of this whole process that we were going to end up in court. And and that's exactly where we're going to end up. Uh, So I just heard this morning that uh, Eric Holder's group, I can't remember the name of it. The National
0: Democratic Redistricting Committee is what he heads. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you. So. Uh, you know, they're they're going to be filing in state court, uh, and I expect that there will be other groups uh, that will either sign on to that one or file their own suit. So um, hopefully uh, the court will expedite, and, um, you know, I, I can't imagine with this map that, you know, I, I don't know what the court will do, but, you know, there's – so clearly some unconstitutional uh, provisions in this map, particularly um, what they did in Wyandotte County.
0: Yeah, tell us why uh, you think it's so bad for Kansas, this map.
2: This map is, is really bad for Kansas because it, it separates real communities of interest in, in ways that disenfranchise uh, select groups. I mean, there's there's no doubt that the way Wyandotte County was uh, cut in half uh, in Uh, this map, uh, that that will not disenfranchise our communities of color. Mm. You know, it's it's blatant. And so, uh, you know, it was completely unnecessary. You know, they'll say they had to do that because um, of the population growth in Johnson County. There were several other maps that accounted for that growth in Johnson County, but kept the core of the KC metro area together Mm. Uh, and allowed, you know, the the core of, of Wyandotte County KCK to remain in that metro area. So uh, there, there are plenty of other ways that that just doesn't hold water. So and I, I think the court will see it that way. And I think we'll have another opportunity uh, to get it right.
0: I was going to say, how, do, how does this work going forward? Will the court redraw the lines itself? Does it throw it back to the legislature or are both those things a possibility?
2: I think because we presented a map to them, they will uh, send it back to us. Mm. You know, if we think back to 2012, uh, you know that did go to the court, that went to federal court, and the federal court uh, drew the map. But that was because we did not present any maps. We mm. never got anything passed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's the way that it works. If you don't have a map, they'll do it for you. If you do have a map, they'll give you a chance to redo
0: Uh, How upset is Lawrence over this proposal? Again, it would send the city into the first district, which stretches all the way to Colorado.
2: Pretty sure there's a lot of hair on fire over there. (laughs) 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 They're not not excited uh, at all about this. I mean, it's you know, a blatant uh, effort to dilute uh, the, the voice that Lawrence has uh, in selecting um, their congressional representative. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, I think the court will take that into consideration. I don't know that it rises to a constitutional issue, mm-hmm. uh, but it certainly does separate a community of interest from their greater community of So so uh, that might be a factor and yeah, I just hope we can get this resolved
0: you've been very vocal uh, different topic here about your interest in axing the food sales tax Kansas mm-hmm. has one of the highest grocery sales taxes in the nation and with the state running a budget surplus now you have said this is a good time to strike but I've not heard much about its fate lately where is that proposal how confident are you that it's gonna get across the finish line
2: in all honesty, I think the the food sales tax issue took a backseat uh, for the APEX bill. Mm-hmm. You know, that There was a need to focus attention on that and, and get that done uh, given the, the short time frame. The we
0: economic had. development package you're talking about, yeah.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. We, we needed to get that done. So the food sales tax uh, will come back, will reemerge as the top issue here. Uh, now that redistricting is you know in the courts or gonna be in the courts soon and the apex bill is done. So it, it will come back. It is a very high priority of mine. You know, I, I said this during the campaign uh, that we needed to do this because now, you know, we're, we're the second highest state for state sales tax. I think Mississippi's at seven percent, we're at six and a half. But Mississippi doesn't have local Uh, Food sales tax. So that's it for them. You know, you know Mm -hmm. living where you do that You're paying, you know, probably upwards of 10% uh, because of your local uh, food sales tax. So uh, It's imperative that the state eliminate this completely and by being as fiscally responsible and by growing the economy as much as we have in the past three years we are in a position now to go ahead and just eliminate uh, the food sales tax completely. Uh, I'm very confident that, you know, the the extra revenues that we've seen coming in, a lot of that uh, that's in the surplus, a lot of that probably is a result of one time money coming in from the feds with mm-hmm. the child care tax credit and all of the other things that happened. Uh, but there is also uh, you know, some very steady revenue streams that will continue coming in uh, for the foreseeable future. And that's the money that we can use to eliminate this. Um, Kansans have always needed it. It's always been absurd that they paid this kind of tax on food. Uh, but never has it been more important than now mm-hmm. when we have the, the issue of inflation uh, that's impacting uh, Kansans day-to-day, hitting their pocketbooks hard. Uh, We need to do this to um, alleviate some of that uh, pain.
0: Governor, uh, KCUR News has learned recently about the existence of racist language and deeds in Roland Park and other neighborhoods across the state. I was surprised to hear this because I somehow thought that this issue had been dealt with years ago. But one document in Roland Park states that properties, I'm quoting here, shall never be conveyed, devised, leased, rented, used, owned, or occupied by anyone of Negro blood. Were you aware that this type of racist language still exists in property records in kansas and if so what can we do about it
2: no it 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 is surprising to me uh you know sort of surprising the same way that you know i realized we had you know small creeks and rivers and whatnot Mm -hmm. that were you know we had i don't know how many negro creeks we had across the state of kansas so we're working on uh the locals to get uh that kind of stuff changed unfortunately it's never as easy as as you wish uh no i really did not know that you know this kind of language was still in our property documents uh you know i i know that there's been an ask for me to issue an executive order i was going to ask
0: you yeah
2: yeah i I can't do that you know i don't have that kind of uh control executive orders aren't don't work that way Mm -hmm. um but you know what they could do, which is what some other states have done, uh, I think Virginia just did it recently. I think Wyoming uh, has either done it or they're considering it, uh, is to uh, change uh, statutes uh, which would allow these uh, which would would make it easier uh, for communities like Roland Park to remove that language.
0: So you're know, talking right now, about legislative action, uh, something passing right. the House and the Senate, obviously. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think that that's what's going to have to happen. I mean, I I believe that probably Roland Park could do it, uh, but I think there are a whole bunch of hoops that they'd have to. And go it's
0: expensive through. too, I'm told. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So the the fastest, easiest, uh, most cost effective way to deal with this would be to have the legislature, you know, just do something blanket that would help all of our local communities.
1: That was Kansas Governor Laura Kelly speaking with KCUR's Steve Kraske on Up to Date. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Ujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and Trevor Grandin and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. For more local news stories, visit KCUR.org, where you can also hear a live stream of Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear why many Kansas foster families say they need more help. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon.